Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Naked Past, the show that's all about you and your questions regarding faith, religion, and the Bible. Tonight we're talking about why has God created man? What's the purpose behind man's creation? And you know, considering, considering all the so nice people we have on the face of the earth and considering all the bad things happening, and most of us understand that what we're going through right now in the world is kind of hectic. You know, talking about COVID and this, well, I'm going to say it like that, false pandemic. And people might argue with me and all of that, but why? Why, would, why did God create all of this? Why? What's the purpose behind it? Why? What was God thinking? Knowing everything. God is omnipresent. And then I love the fact that we serve a God that is omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. So um, just to explain that, omnipresent God is everywhere at all times. He is always, always there. Um, it doesn't matter where we go. David writes it like this, whether I make my bed in heaven or hell, there you are. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, he is there. Omniscient means he knows everything of everything about everything. So God knows everything about the past, the future, and the present of every person, of everything in every heart, every mind, all over. He's got knowledge. He has got all the knowledge in the world. That is the omniscient. And then obviously, all-powerful. God has got the ability. The Jesus that we serve has got the ability to do anything he wants to. He is sovereign. He is powerful. He is just this magnificent God. And what he doesn't need is he doesn't need you and I to worship him. I want you to think about that. God is self-existing, self-sustainable. He doesn't need worship. He doesn't need fellowship. There's no want or desire or need in him that needs to be fulfilled. Like us human beings, we need friendship. We need companionship. We need, we need stimuli. We need a purpose. We need a reason to live, to function, to be, to exist. And when that falls away, we tend to uh, become depressed with, when hope is deferred become despondent so for us to not have all of that is it's a very difficult thing but God knowing all these things and who is who he is why does he choose to create man why did God go and said oh I'm gonna go I'm gonna take a bit of clay I'm gonna mold me an Adam and I'm gonna make it dawn on him after a while that um Maybe he's alone once I made him give all the animals names and then he realizes, but where's my mate? Where's my partner? And in that, why did God do that? Why did he, knowing that we'll be sitting here 2021 and for the last 18 months, the whole world is up in arms over, over COVID and we can go look at the world wars, World War I and World War II. Um, for years and years, people just killing and culling each other. God know, knew that was going to happen. He knows this. And why would, he, why would he do that? Why would he go to that place and say, I'm going to create man. What's the purpose behind it?
In Genesis 1-3, God appears on the scene as light. And we know in John, it also says God is light and in him is no darkness. And this is very, very important. When it says that God is light and in him there is no darkness, means that God is good. There is no evil that can be attributed to God. So what has happened in the world and what's happening in the world and the history of mankind? It's not God's fault. He didn't. He's not the author of evil, the author of faith, the author of sickness and disease. That's the wages of sin. Sin caused death to enter, decay to enter into the creation. Sin caused that, not God. God is not the one that said, let there be this and let there be that. The Bible is a very accurate description of what God did in the beginning. He said, let there be light and there was light. And God said, let there be this and let there be that. And all of those things happened. So I want you to understand that God has got no evil in him. There's no darkness in him. There's no resentment in him. There's no need in him. And as he comes in Genesis 1-3 and he creates man, the word there is telem. I don't um, assume that I can even pronounce it correctly, but that's the word. And it's in his image. And demuth is another word. In his likeness. Okay. So God created us in his likeness. So you and I, I don't know if you know this or if it means a lot to you, but it means a lot to me, are carriers of the image of God. We bear his image. This is important for me. I think if we if we look at what's going on in the world, I just read in this week, there are like something like 700 genders gone that's happening now. Suddenly, we've got all these genders, yet when archaeologists discover any remains, it's either male or female, none of the others. So uh, all of the animal kingdom is male and female, none of the others. So it's kind of very difficult. But we are image carriers. And if we understand that we carry his image, and you look in the mirror, look at yourself, what do you think? What do you think of yourself? What do you make of yourself? Do you approve of yourself? Well, I can categorically state the following. Most of the world do not agree or like themselves. That's why we have got plastic surgery. That's why we have got a multi, multi million dollar industry in makeup, in fitness regimes, in plastic surgery, in it's now called gender correction. It's not called sex change anymore. It is called gender correction. Ma word, gender correction. You only do a correction when something was wrong, when there was a mistake. When it, so if God is the creator of mankind, if God says, well, I've called you to be a male or a female and I've placed science in place and I've caused the chromosomes to come together and you've got an XX or an XY, now you say, I've got to go, go correct it. And you say that God made a mistake. Yeah, it's, if you want to go down the scientific path, you're even saying science is making a mistake because you don't relate as the gender that your DNA determines. Your DNA determines that you are either male 
or female. So when we say that we are carriers of the image of God, because God created in us, it's, it's, it is actually something to be proud of. It's something, and I'm not talking about a haughty pride. I'm talking about something to, to you know, really appreciate that I am not evolved from goo via the zoo into you. I am created by a loving father, a God that thought, you know what, I will make man in my image. You are like him. You are, all of mankind are, there's what something of God inside of them. Yes, they don't necessarily acknowledge it, and they might run away from it. But the moral, the, the simple thing about morals, that comes from God. The what is right and what's wrong, that comes from God. There's no one on the face of the earth that will deem murder to be correct. Where did this construct come from? Man is made to worship. There's something in man that longs to worship. That's why we've got people in the Amazon or in the South America or the Aborigines in Australia or the guys in the East worshipping something made even by their hands, or a totem pole, yeah, worshipping uh, some spirit that they have somehow, somehow met or got to a place. That's why we got people making Buddha statues or anything because inside of man is the idea of worshiping God. You say, but not all men are like some people, you know, they would deny God. Their denial of God, if there wasn't a need, they wouldn't need to deny him. So the concept of having a God is outside of mankind. It is that if you understand what I'm saying. So it's not natural if man just evolved from science and from good to you for man to conjure up the idea of having a God. This because that means there's somebody that tells you what to do, a superior thing, um, entity. The word Lord, by, by, by the way, means superior authority so by listening to ill-conceived advice of the enemy and by making a wrong choice man lost his god-given authority and his god-given light you see when god made adam and eve he made him his image and if you go read the word he says i make you the boss of the world that's what he said to them i give you authority over the birds in the air over the animals on the earth of the fish in the sea have dominion over that multiply subdue so i'm making you the boss of this earth so god actually when he made man he said you know what i want to make people in my image to rule the way i would rule on the earth to give them a purpose to give them a reason to exist the same way and the same reason when a young couple gets married, they want to have children. Now, there's a big movement in the world right now when a lot of people decide they don't want to have children. 
And we have to say to one another, if, if he is your Lord and he gave a command to multiply, do you have the right not to have children? Just think of that one second. There's a lot of people that would love to have children, can't have children. And then there's people that have children that are very neglecting of their children. And then there are people that could have children that choose that up, but they don't want to have children because, you know, it, they just look around them and they think, well, you can't give birth to them. It, that, all of that, that's playing God. That is saying, I am, I am greater than God. I know better than God. That God can't protect your child. I want to tell you, if you've got fear about your children and the world they're living in and what they've been born into and can they cope, uh, they were born, the Bible is clear, they were born for a time such as God has in His creation plan ordained them for a time such as now to be a youngster, to be a child, to face the pressures that are there now. He has equipped them, He's built into them the, the resilience to handle that. Don't be scared. Trust in Him. He knows better than you. But man being, listening to the enemy, became separated from God. He gave up His authority, He gave up His light, and He gave it to Satan. The minute He obeyed Satan, you see, as long as he obeyed God, God was his master. But when man decided, I am going to listen to a snake, he made, he chose to make a snake his master. Man handed his God-given authority over to the enemy. Man has since then attempted to regain his authority, his righteousness before God by wearing fig leaves, by doing something. The first thing they did, and I just love this thing, the first thing Adam and Eve, when their eyes were opened, they became shy. They became aware of their nakedness. I'm telling you now, when, the, when there's demonic activity in a person's life, they tend not to be ashamed of their nakedness. Normal people, normal people, when they, are, they don't want to be naked, they don't want to be seen naked in front of everybody. I'm not talking about in your household, or I'm talking on the street or on a beach or dancing on a pole naked. Normal people don't do that. Something is blocking that emotion of being shy, of being covered up. And man has always taken some form to cover him. Fig leaves, you know, whatever. God comes on the scene and he actually kills the animal and he makes skin out of it. Um, takes the, the, the leather and makes clothing for them. Christ, the, Christ's death restores man's authority. So what you need to understand is basically from the minute Adam and Eve ate of the apple, whatever it was that they ate, the debates out, schools out, it's irrelevant whether they ate an apple or, you know, some people said they had sex. Oh, they had sex before that. Sex, was, sex is not a sin. Sex God created. Um that was always part of God's plan. So let's say they were just eating something that they weren't. The principle behind is they listened to a snake. They listened to the devil. Okay. So you have to take that. And the minute Jesus said, it is done. Jesus comes and restores the place. Christ's blood of redemption and reconciliation was necessary to restore man back to God. 
That's what you and I cannot please God. God made us to be in his presence. God made us to be like him. God made us to rule like him. God made us to worship him. God made us to be the head and not the tail. God made us to have dominion over the earth. You have got a plan and you've got a purpose. And part of that plan, part of that purpose is to walk closely to your heavenly father. To walk in a relationship. And the Greek word for that in the New Testament in Matthew is the word gnosko. And that is having an intimate knowledge of him. You see, this is what the Bible says. Jesus says in that day, he's talking about the day when he comes back. And they're talking about judgment day. He says, many are going to come to me and say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Yes, you did. Fantastic. Lord, Lord, did we not heal the sick in your name? Yes, you did. Well done. Lord, Lord, did we not raise the dead in your name? Yes, you did. You did. Well done. Get away from me. I don't know you. You who practice lawlessness. You see, the power in the name of Jesus will work for a believer or a non-believer there is power in the name of jesus there is power in the blood of jesus jesus overcame sin jesus overcame satan he took the snake and he cleaned him out he crushed him jesus's blood bought redemption and he will tell those people that don't gnosko that is the purpose why you were created to have an intimate relationship. Gnosko is marriage talk. It is language that talks about between a man and a woman. It's to have intimate knowledge of one another. That's Gnosko. The smell, if you look at um, Jacob that worked for the, the, wom the woman that he loved, the woman that he wanted, he worked seven years for and then on the marriage evening they went to their tent the next morning you remember they didn't have lights and you know uh, spotlights and leds back then so it was dark the next morning he saw the woman that he woke up to is the elder sister of the woman that he loves it's not rebecca it's leah and he goes to his father and says, why did you do this to me? He says, well, in our culture, the older sister cannot get married after the younger sister. You work for another seven years, you can have my other daughter. But this man didn't know how this woman smelled. He didn't know the smell of her hair. He didn't know the smell of uh, the, 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 the feel of her kiss. He knew nothing intimate about her. Nothing intimate about her. That's why he couldn't have known. Now, God says, I don't gnosko you. Many in that day. And that convicts me. You know, in our modern snowflake society, no one gets convicted. They get offended. Don't get offended. Get convicted. Allow the Holy Spirit to convict you. Do I have an intimate, heart-to-heart, mouth-to-mouth relationship with him or am i faking it am i walking around maybe using the name of jesus and maybe having results 
but not knowing Him. Jesus came to restore the walk with God in the cool of the day. Adam and Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. Every afternoon they would go have a walk, go sit by the whale deck, maybe take a walk on the beach, talk. So how was your day, Adam? Well, Father, it was interesting. I got all these animals to name and, you know, got across this and got across that and this happened and that happened. An intimate relationship, not a shopping list. 90% of our prayers, Lord, please help with this. Lord, please do this. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. Lord, can you do this for me? Lord, can, I do can you do that for me? There's no relationship. How would you do? How would you react if somebody comes to you and all they want is something from you? I think women are sick and tired of that because the kids will ask them, Mommy, can I have food? Mommy, can you do this? Mommy, can you take me there? Mommy, I need to go there. Mommy, I've got this. Mommy, my socks are broken. My socks are torn. Mommy, my shoes are broken. They're always constantly wanting, wanting. That is... It depletes you, exhausts you. Luckily, God is inexhaustible. But that doesn't talk of intimate relationship. Intimate relationships is how are you? What's on your heart? And listening and having him speak to you. Reading what he says. That's God's primary way. We spoke about this a couple of weeks ago of him talking to you. God revealed his love for you by sending his only son, Jesus, to the earth. His love continually searches after every man. Maybe you've got, you're in a church, and the church is all about the church itself and not about the lost. That's missing God. Because God leaves the 99, and he looks for that one. He looks for that one that's lost. He has an appointment with you. Jesus became the perfect sacrifice for sin. So that God can have an appointment with you. That he can have intimate, gnosko relationship with you. You see, when we're intimate, there's seed involved. The word of God is the incorruptible seed seed that gets planted in your heart seed only gets into you into us through an intimate act this is marriage talk god is speaking about you see he's saying okay so you can operate in miracles but have you got the fruit of my spirit because my spirit will deposit the seed which is the word in your heart and when that is in your heart and it gets full grown, full grown, you will have the fruit of the, that spirit. That is the evidence of intimacy. Like pregnancy is the, intimacy, the evidence of intimacy between a man and a wife. So is the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, mercy, long-suffering, self-control, and temperance. That is the evidence of intimacy with God. That he knows.
of darkness. You can read that in 1 John 1, 8. And you can enjoy your relationship with your heavenly Father. You don't have to strive. The, the, the fact of the, the minute you get born again, you get elevated above Satan. You get to the place where God is your master and you have dominion over whatever is underneath you. There's only God on top of you. You are crowned with glory and honor. Why did God make you? To have fellowship with him. Why did God make you? To carry his image. Why did God make you? To be a light in a dark world. I can now enjoy my new relationship. You can enjoy your new relationship with God, your Father. Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a it. It's a him. He has feelings. He is the part of God that is present on the earth right now. My question to you tonight is, can you honestly say that you have a vibrant, intimate relationship with God? We have to think about that. That's something that needs to drop in our hearts. Can I honestly say I've got a vibrant, intimate relationship with God where he speaks to me? Because a lot of people have monologues with God. They speak to God and they never keep quiet long enough to hear him speak back, to give his opinion, to give his direction. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Know him. See, we've got many plans. Many of us have, have, have dreams of grandeur, and, and many of us have grown up with ideas of how our life is going to be. And very few of us have, are actually walking in that that we dreamed for ourselves and what we purposed for ourselves. Why do we think we miss it? Because we were playing our own God. We were didn't know God. We didn't listen to him. We didn't let him direct us. But if we come to the place where we say, I am born again, not by power and not by might, but by the spirit of the Lord, I'm born again. I have surrendered my life to him. I've made him my Lord. I've made him the one that tells me what to do. And I live in obedience to that with a smile on my dial that I'm not begrudgingly being obedient to God, you know, just trying to keep him pleased. At least he won't be angry with me. You can't do anything to make him angry with you. He took his anger out on his son on the cross. He can't walk in that level of arrogance to say, well, I'm going to make God angry. You cannot do that. God extinguished his anger on his only begotten son, on the beloved. He smashed him. He crushed him. He destroyed him so that you and I don't have to walk in fear because God is not a tyrant. He is a loving father. He is a loving God. He he never wanted to deal with man according to law. He wanted to deal with man according to his heart. But before the cross, when Adam stuffed up, law kicked in. 
And God, because He's sovereign, and because He keeps to His word, and because sin requires blood, had to deal with man according to law. But when He crushed His Son, when He destroyed Jesus, the Bible says it like this, He was marred beyond recognition. That means you couldn't make out who was hanging on that cross. Was it Jesus or was it Timbuktu? That guy was crushed completely so that God can deal with you and walk with you according to his heart. He desires to speak to you. He desires to love you. He desires to express his love to you. He desires to manifest himself in your life. He desires for the fruit of the Spirit. To be manifest in your life. He desires for the gifts of the Spirit. Which you ought to desire. It's the only place in the Bible God says desire. Other places says don't desire somebody else's wife. Don't be covetous of the possessions. But this thing he says desire. Strive. Run after. Hunger after spiritual gift, gifts. Especially that you might prophesy. God wants to be involved in your life. Every single person. He is a good father. He keeps on keeping on. He keeps on knocking. Seeking the lost. Can you honestly say. That you have a vibrant. Dynamic relationship with God. Do you stand in the authority. Of your freedom. When you come and you stand in the authority of your freedom, you start to rule over sin. Your life becomes holy. You become obedient to God. And when we do that, we start seeing the Father heart of God. We're going to talk about the Father heart of God next week. This week, this is the naked pastor. He has the naked truth. Whether you like it or not, whether you're at that place or not, signs, miracles, and wonders are not evident of a vibrant relationship with Jesus. But the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, mercy, long-suffering, self-control, and temperance, those are the signs that you are intimate with God and have got a vibrant relationship with Him. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. Have a nice week.